right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Write down our toll-free number. We'll get to a lot of calls today. Oh, we're going to have our New York, New York uh, start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. Don't want to be a part of it uh, with Joe Pags and a caller, Krista, uh, that we talked about earlier this week. This ought to be fun. Linda's heard both versions. I have not yet, and I'm looking forward to hearing it later in the program today. Um, very, you know, I'm, I am tired. A couple of things are happening and, you know, you don't ever underestimate the, the brilliance of the people. We, the people, now we, the people, we, we go up and down and I, for whatever reason, the country always seems to want to flirt with socialism and then it's implemented and you see what it's really all about. Then they lurch back to conservatism where real answers and solutions to problems are 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 made. And uh, I think we're beginning to see a shift dramatically now away from the radicalism of this new Democratic Socialist Party. And you can see it with the court packing. You can see it with the attempts to end the legislative filibuster. You can see it with the massive power grab of ruling by executive fiat and the stroke of a pen and and bypassing an entire co-equal branch of government. You see it with the borders and amnesty and Joe Biden's cages for kids in the middle of a pandemic when they're literally laying on top of one another. And then, you know, pushing these kids out to the states, you know, basically facilitating law breaking, aiding and abetting. Uh, it's illegal to enter this country without permission. It's that's the law. If you don't like the law, change the law. But they haven't changed the law. They just let them in. And and that's we're watching all of this lawlessness, sanctuary cities, sanctuary states, pushing for higher taxes, being lied to about, oh, Joe got blown over by the wind three times. That's why he's, he fell down. I don't know what's worse, the fact that he tripped three times or the fact that he got blown over by the wind. Uh, that might actually be worse if he's that weak and that frail. Um, and does he even know the day of the week? Let's be honest. So. And then you get lied to emergency COVID relief. Yeah, hundreds, you know, billions and billions of dollars, $2 trillion, mostly a blue state bailout, mostly Green New Deal monies. Everything is now infrastructure. Everything has become infrastructure. Whatever you say, is it's all infrastructure. House Democrats are now actually claiming packing the U.S. Supreme Court. That's infrastructure. What the hell are they talking about? You can't even make this up. Child care is infrastructure. Pre-K is infrastructure. Just sick of being lied to. The money's there. This has nothing to do with infrastructure, most of that money either. Just like COVID emergency relief was not about COVID emergency relief. We get lied to all the time. But now the polls are beginning to, the American people are beginning to see this. There was an, an it's IPSOS poll that came out. 49% of Americans believe law and order is the most important thing to ensure, even if it means limiting peaceful protests, while 31% think the right to protest is the most important thing. Now, I believe in the right for people to peacefully protest. It's a protected right of the American people. And But I think now one of the interesting things that came out of this, 69% of Americans trust local police and law enforcement to promote justice and equal treatment for people of all races. That number is up from 56%. 52% feel the same about police unions. That's up from 40%. Uh, at the same time, trust in the group 
Again, the group different from people that chant Black Lives Matter. The group Black Lives Matter has dropped. You know, they're now at 50% down from 60%. Slowly but surely, people begin to see truth for what it is. Um, Not fast enough for my liking. So we have this, and it is a tragedy. It is sad. It is heartbreaking. You've got a 13-year-old by the name of Adam Toledo, a teenager. You know, we all now have seen the video. And then you see the lying about the video. And then you see the rush to judgment on the video. Uh, then you see no due process by the by the predictable actors and the mob, the media, and, and of course, the Democratic Party. Um, but we now have a lot of facts. They released... And I, I really didn't want to comment much on it yesterday because I didn't have the time to really study it. It took, it takes a lot of time. I had my entire team working on this, and we have the ability to look at this frame by frame, slow it down, speed it up, whatever you need to do, so you can get a full picture. Now, what we know is the 13-year-old teenager. This incident took place around 2:30 a.m. It was on Monday, March 29th. The 13-year-old, and by the way, is it Dana Lash gave an impassioned plea last night and it really got a ton of reaction from people for all the right reasons. Now, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, when my kids were young, I was a helicopter parent. I was a pain in the ass as a, as a parent. I mean, I knew where my kids were every single second of every day. And I mean, it, it, it just the, the fact that any 13 year old is hanging out in a violent city like Chicago at 2.30 in the morning with a guy that has a, a, a gun violation already on his record, that in, in and of itself is heartbreaking. He needed to be in his bed asleep. So that he can get up and go to school the next day, although I guess schools are probably still closed in Chicago, but or at least get up and do the, the school work, all of which is what 13 year old kids ought to be doing. This is, you know, we're really dealing with children here. And it's it's just so sad when you the, the whole thing, it, it just breaks your heart anyway. But we've been talking about this for a long time anyway so he's hanging out with this 21 year old individual named reuben roman guys on probation because of a gun conviction it's just after 2 30 then in a dark alleyway 2 30 a.m video of the 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 camcorder of the police department um you can see the police responding to the scene because of a shooting that had just been reported. Apparently the claim was that, you know, several shots fired at a car and there's video that seems to appears to be what they, they might've captured that on tape. I can't say that a hundred percent right now, but I'm it's, it's a possibility. It was all caught on tape. And I'm sure that when they dig in deeper, we'll, we'll get an answer on that. And prosecutors claiming that the local gunshot detector Imagine living in a city where they need gunshot detectors. In other words, it, they put them all over the city so when shots go off, the, the police know where to go. I mean, it's, that's how bad it is in the city of Chicago. Anyway, and then, of course, it went off, so the police go and, into a situation where they know gun, 
shots had gone off. Video then shows the officer first with the audio off, but then puts it on chasing Adam Toledo down an alley. And police report that Toledo was carrying a firearm. Now, we know in when you slow down the images and you look frame by frame, in fact, yeah, this 13-year-old teenager had a weapon in his right hand, a gun. Now, we'll get to that in a second. But during the pursuit, Toledo ditched a pair of red gloves. Those red gloves, we now know from forensics, contain gunshot residue. We know Toledo's right hand also contained gunshot residue. A kid that's 13 years old that needs to be home in his bed uh, and living, and I say this all the time, every kid in America, every town, every city, we, we deserve safety and security. You can't possibly pursue your God-given talents in life and the American dream if you don't have the fundamentals, law and order, safety, security, a good education. You spend more per capita per student than any industrialized country with the worst results. So this kid is out there 2.30 in the morning on a Monday night, and this gunshot detector goes off. Police respond. A pursuit follows down a dark alley, and this 13-year-old is carrying a firearm that was recovered right where at the scene where the shooting took place. During the pursuit, he ditches this pair of gloves with the gunshot residue. This 13-year-old has gun residue on his right hand. The video appears to show Toledo ditching the gun at the last moment as he's now turning towards the officer. Well, he's had his hands up. But the problem is he had the gun in his hand. Now, we haven't gotten an answer. Did the police officer see it? My guess is he did. And even, you know, and, and anybody that has watched the tape with any knowledge of the law and policing has said this is a sad, tragic, but justified shooting of the police officer. And, and the problem is all the predictable people come out and they don't care what the video shows. They don't care that this 13-year-old had a gun in his hand. Um, this cop has a right to go home to his family too. I don't think he went to work that night. Oh, I'm going to kill me. I'm going to kill some 13 year old kid. I have a source that happens to know the person that says this guy will never be the same. He's devastated. His life forever changed. He has to make a split second under a second. He's got to decide as he's turning with, with the hand, if the gun is still in his hand, squad member, Congresswoman Presley, he was 13 years old. The police executed him. Oh, so much for due process and the presumption of innocence. AOC, a prosecutor lied about police killing a child. How does this help? Chucky Schumer, Adam Toledo was just 13 years old. He was a child. This is heartbreaking. He deserves justice. He, his family deserves justice. Nina Turner, they murdered a child. Joy Reid. If police scream, put your hands up and you put your hands up, but they shoot you anyway. What's the point of barking the order at all? Yeah, Pennsylvania Senate candidates saying similar things. Chelsea Handler, I don't want to hear an elected official calling for calm when the public is shown a video of a 13 year old boy being murdered. Call for calm amongst your police force. Prosecute officers accordingly. Americans are angry and every mother should be. Why? He had a gun in his hand. 
I'll ask anybody that's making these comments, Comrade de Blasio, when will this country stop killing black and brown people? Adam Toledo is a child. Young men of color are consistently treated as lethal threats regardless of what they do. It has to stop everywhere. They were shooting at a car. One of the two of them was shooting at a motor vehicle. They ran from the cops. He had a gun in his hand. He has gun residue on his hand. It's, is it tragic? It is beyond sad. You know, in the Biden-Obama years, you know, I, I think I was the only show saying, why are we stopping the violence in Chicago? I'd scroll the names of the people. Names you've never heard before because you can't politicize these cases of all the people shot in Chicago while Biden was vice president. Obama's hometown. And then all the people shot and murdered during that time. I'm like, we can fix this. Rudy Giuliani may not like him, but he fixed it in New York and a lot of lives were saved. Murder rate was, you know, headed towards what? 3,000. He got it down to the hundreds. Low hundreds. And it it was tough policing in in areas that had the most crime. Politically got the crap beat out of him every day over it. But he made the city a safer place. New York came back because of it. Now, you got to understand all these people that I'm mentioning here, the squad members, including now Congresswoman Presley and AOC and the Chucky Schumers and... You know, the, the TV news people like Joy Reid and Ch- the Chelsea Handlers. You get your, your of course, Hollywood contingent there. Uh, Comrade, Comrade de Blasio and Julian Castro, Joaquin Castro. What does this do for police officers? Because now that we, we, we broke it down frame by frame, and this 13-year-old teenager ditches the gun as he's putting his hands up and it, it's 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 you're, you're in a dark alley to begin with and the gun is right there at the scene and he has gun residue on his hands what is an officer when do we start thinking about okay well what are you going to do if you're in that situation what should a cop do now anybody with the police background if I could see even on fake news CNN, they had a police expert that said, no, this this was justified. You know, look at the case down in San Antonio. It was a, quote, routine traffic stop. There's no such thing as a routine traffic stop. Turned into an exchange of gunfire, killing two people, injuring the officer. Anyway, the police chief, William McManus, said the body cam video shows the officer pull over a truck for a reason not determined at this point they begin a casual conversation three people inside the car after two minutes mcmanus said the video showed the driver pull out a gun and begin firing at the police officer who was struck in the hand police chief said then the officer retreated returned fire shooting and killing the driver and the front seat passenger a woman in the truck's back seat was also hit in the torso taken to a hospital this is not an easy job There are people who, whatever reason, have evil in their hearts. And the the, the line of protection for most of us is ourselves and the police. They want to get rid of the police, the Democratic Party leadership. Bad idea. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. The Epic Times today has an interesting tidbit 
The inspector general of the Capitol Police has told lawmakers that the the forces response to the January 6th breach at the Capitol was obstructed when a senior official ordered the officers not to use their most powerful weapons due to a lack of training with the equipment. By the way, this this has now been going on. They've been they've been trying to stop police in Minnesota this week during the height of all this unrest that's been going on there from using traditional methods and means of crowd disbursement, which is tear gas and rubber bullets. Anyway, Michael A. Bolton, Inspector General, U.S. Capitol Police, told the House Committee as of yesterday that officers were ordered not to use non-lethal munitions to repel the attack as they feared they would be misused, potentially cause life-altering injury or death. Now, by the way, remember, the Capitol Police chief, who since resigned, really seemingly for no reason that I can tell, uh, he's the one that requested on six separate occasions, hey, we're going to need we're going to need the, the guard. We have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that are in town to hear the president talk and they're going to march to the Capitol. That was denied. By the way, Nancy Pelosi is in charge of that. Anyway, Bolton didn't name the official that gave the order. I, I mean, if we don't protect our institutions and elected officials, I mean, you, you've got to protect them. Notice all this talk of, of not just defunding the police, but now eliminating the police of all the squad members. You notice all this talk that we've had regarding this? You know what's fascinating to me about it? You never hear about the people in Congress that are now saying no more police, the squad members. I, I, I don't hear them particularly talking about getting rid of the Capitol Police to protect them. right? And by the way, rightly so. We need to protect our capital, our institutions, politicians. It's not political. I don't care what your politics are. You're an elected official of the United States. Got to protect them. A lot of the same people saying, you know, that they were so traumatized on the 6th. Well, how do you think the people of Chicago feel every weekend? I think they're probably pretty traumatized, too. For years now, I've been scrolling names of people shot, shot and murdered streets of Chicago every weekend. I can come on the air, give you the statistic. How many were shot? How many are shot and killed in Chicago on any given weekend? Now you can do it with New York. You can do it with a lot of major cities. And now we see that the police have pulled back dramatically around the country. And it's not it's not working out well. For these cities, it's not making our cities safe and it's not making our cities any more secure. You know, it's 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 all sad and it's all also preventable. You know, in the week before Adam Toledo's death, 60 people were shot and 16 were killed in the city of Chicago. Can any of you listening to my voice right now? Can you name one of them? I don't think you can. Now, you might say, well, it's not always a 13-year-old. Okay, that makes a difference. Well, I, I was talking about it over the summer when the media mob was denying that riots were happening around the country. We had a little girl that was shot and killed playing in her grandmother's backyard. Remember that case? 
What about Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr., killed in the, the Summer of Love, Autonomous, Chaz Chop, Spaghetti Potluck Dinner Zone, where anarchists took over entire city blocks. Fake news CNN, fake news MSDNC, showing pictures, literally city, the images behind them of a city on fire. Mostly peaceful. These are mostly peaceful protesters. Anything but the truth. You know, so far this year... You have a 33% increase in murders in Chicago, and that's over last year's record high. And Chicago Mayor Lightweight, what is she doing to stop this? What did Rom Rombo Deadfish Emanuel do? Nothing. What did Biden and Obama do? Nothing. This is Obama's hometown. They did nothing. I don't know. Maybe now they'll take seriously. I'll, I'll be glad to share with them the names of all the people that have been shot and and shot and murdered. We scroll the names of them. We did it during the Biden-Obama years. Nobody seemed to want to, it seemed like the only ones paying attention to it. It's not political. Every, every human life matters. This whole issue of Adam Toledo, it is tragic. Uh, you know, what, what, why is a 13-year-old kid out with a 21-year-old with a gun at 2.30 in the morning? And with with gun residue on his hand. So sad and so preventable. What do I always say? Children are a national treasure. We're losing them. They're not living in cities that are safe and secure. They're not living in cities where there's law and order. They're not living in cities where they can pursue their their God-given talents, endowed by their creator. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. How do you begin to pursue happiness when you can barely walk outside your front yard? In some cases, you can't even walk outside your front yard. You know, this people trying to score their usual cheap political points or turn this into a gun issue. It's not. You know, we saw what happened in New York. By the way, you can look at the rest of the country. It's not much different. Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund murders are soaring all around the country. Why? Because police are pulling back. By the way, any of you want to be a police officer today? I don't. And I, I have nothing but the deepest risk. It's the hardest job. Look at how you're treated in New York City under Comrade de Blasio. Why haven't we taken every bit of video? And I asked the comrade this when he was once on my TV show in studio. By the way, he had four armed policemen with him protecting him. I said, why can't every New Yorker have the right? Does every New Yorker have the right to have a firearm in their, the, where they live? Every New Yorker has the right to be safe. I didn't ask that. You are now protected by armed New York police detectives. Does every New Yorker, should they have the same right as you? Every New Yorker has the right to be safe. The answer is no. Basically, he just didn't want to say it. Do average people, should they have the same safety you have? And if somebody breaks into their house, can do, would you would you respect their safe. right to have a firearm in their house? Everyone deserves to be safe. And ask the you answer is not for everyone to have a firearm any more than it's for every teacher so the answer to have is a firearm. No. I believe people have rights, but I also believe we need background checks. We need an assault weapon ban. If you we have a, a if waiting you have, period for purchase. Uh, so the answer is no. And I asked him, and then he trashes me. Why are you why are you not confident in our police department? I said, are you going to take all the videos of all the policemen 
that are being doused with water. I mean, you know how much restraint it must take for a cop when somebody comes with buckets of a liquid? You don't know what's in that bucket. I have a friend of mine, Captain Howie's his name. Great guy. Known him for years. He's actually a boat captain now. I haven't seen him in a while. I miss him. Great guy. He served in the NYPD. He was in the middle of a, of, of a conflict, an arrest. He had acid thrown in his face. Acid. He's blind in one eye, being a New York police officer. You don't know what's in the, what they're pouring on you. Those police officers, we've all seen the video. I asked the comrade, I said, Comrade de Blasio, we got videotape of all these people. You're going to find them? You promise to arrest these every person. Professionals. Well, you promise to do I'm it. not going to personally arrest them. The NYPD will arrest them. And they know what they're doing. And you promise and to try know, to arrest everyone. Of course, anyone who commits a crime of any kind, we're going to arrest. Oh, I give the credit to the NYPD. Mm-hmm. And I put 2,000 more officers on patrol. And this is an extraordinary police force that is getting better all the time and working more and more closely with communities. And that's going to take us forward. Yeah, well, we've gone backwards. And since then, he cut the NYPD budget by a billion dollars. What a genius. I mean, the whole thing is so tragic and so preventable. I mean, you, you just look at the statistics. You know, it's and it's all around the country. New York arrests have dropped by 38%, but murders are up in New York City by 58%. Louisville, traffic stops, they're down 35%, murders up by 87%. Minneapolis, we're we're watching every night this week, 42% decrease in traffic stops, 64% increase in murders. Los Angeles, 33% decrease in stops, and a whopping 51% increase in in murders. And I, and I can go on and on. In 60 of America's largest cities, murders on average are up at least a third, at least 33%. All human lives gone in an instant. But you don't know the names of people because it's not politically, I guess, expedient. It doesn't advance the agenda of the left wing. Because if they really cared, they'd do something about it, wouldn't they? Unbelievable. By the way, defund the police activists take to the streets as business business owners. They're boarding up their stores again in Chicago. And their magnificent mile area shopping district boarded up their, their windows. Mayor Lightweight is out there calling on the public to keep the peace. Why isn't she out there saying, yeah, I see the gun? Why didn't they tell the truth? Fake news CBS they shared a version of the police body cam footage where the right and left edges of the video were trimmed in such a way to literally the, the portion of the video where Adam Toledo is seen holding the firearm in his right hand. It's no longer visible because of their edit. Well, that's really telling people the truth. Same people that did the hit job on Ron DeSantis. Did an, I did an hour interview with Ted Koppel. He runs a minute and seven seconds of him looking great. Such a phony. These people are in 60 minutes was begging me, you know, about a year and a half ago. Oh, please, we want to do a feature on you. I said, OK, I'll do it live to tape or live. I'll go on because then they don't want to do that. They want to basically they, they take, you know, five, 10, 15 hours of footage 
Then they build a narrative around what they want to say. I'm like, well, who the hell needs that crap? Got my own show. I don't need their show. Anyway, AOC finally cares about being shot in Chicago. Why didn't they speak out? Why, is it, why didn't any of these people ever speak out ahead of time? You ever ask yourself that question? By the way, in Florida, they have an anti-riot bill going to the governor down there. Stiffer penalties against violent protesters. Good. Hold people that are violent accountable. It's a good idea. I think it's long overdue, too. And it's just it's just the whole thing. By the way, we had a shooting, a, a rampage in Indianapolis at a FedEx facility. It's so sad. This country's so divided. Uh, apparently, the FBI director, according to the Washington Times, is investigating Antifa radicals linked to violent attacks around the country. A little late, Director Ray. By the way. Where's the Durham report? We're still holding our breath for that one. Don't count on it. Uh, In other news, House Democrats are claiming court packing is infrastructure. They're actually saying this. That's how desperate they are to to grab power. Democratic Representative Mondaire Jones, co-sponsor of the bill, the Supreme Court expansion is infrastructure. You You can't even make this up. But that's their now big push. By the way, it's interesting, liberal justices, both Breyer and the ever-so-worship Ruth Bader Ginsburg, both opposed court packing. And somebody, what's his name? Oh, that's right, Joe Biden said it's a boneheaded idea. It is a boneheaded idea. It's dumb, and it's stupid, and it's reckless, and it won't end well. Period. All right, as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. Something really despicable happened out in Salt Lake City, the Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, they have a, a political cartoon. One is one side of it is a Klansman with, you know, holding a, a torch with, on top. It says 70 years ago, they're coming to your neighbors, neighborhoods, it says. And with a finger pointing. Then on the other side, it says last week, they're coming to your neighborhoods. Burgess Owens is is they're comparing Burgess Owens to the Klan. This newspaper needs to apologize. That is outright racism on their part. All he's saying is uphold the laws. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity show, toll free on numbers eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of this program? Uh, I had been reading all day yesterday before the release of this tape of this incident, this police shooting in, in Chicago with this teenage young man. His name is Adam Toledo. And uh, I've been hearing, uh-oh, there's, there's going to be deep unrest in in Chicago last night. Now, there was some minor, not not what people were talking about, because even the, the mob, the liberal mob of the media, even they understood, they picture with the gun was plain as as day um anyway let's play the body cam audio uh leading up to the police shooting of adam toledo in chicago Please, no. No, 
Where you shot, man? Where you shot? Stay with me, stay with me. All right, Tempo, we'll get an ambulance rolling. Somebody bring the medical kit now. Stay with me, hey, stay with hey, me. Hey, stay awake, stay awake, with man. With the chest piercing, uh, person, right, I'm going to start CPR. I'm not feeling a heartbeat. Go ahead, I'm trying as fast as I can. I got to get this chest sealed first. As fast as I can, I have this chest seal open. Stay awake, bud. Come on, bud, stay awake. Even fake news CNN had a contributor that said, no, nah, this was justified. Listen. It was less than a second, literally less than a second from the time the officer saw that gun in his hand to the time he fired that shot. I believe that's reasonable. I know right now everybody's you know blood in the water about policing uh and i have not hesitated to speak up whenever officers inappropriately use force of any kind this ain't one of those cases um i don't know how many people have ever chased an armed person down an alley at night i have and i know what it's like believe me then you have the squad members uh congresswoman presley he was 13 years old the police executed him aoc you know, saying they, they the prosecutor lied about police killing a child. You know, others, you know, say murdered in cold blood. Chucky Schumer saying uh, he was a child. He's 13 years old. This is heartbreaking. He deserves justice. His family deserves justice. Joy Reid, MSDNC, a police screen, put your hands up and you put your hands up, but they shoot you anyway. What's the point of of uh Barking the order at all. It's not what happened here. It is a tragedy. It's a 13-year-old kid, but it shouldn't be politicized either. Anyway, uh, we have that issue to contend with. And out in Salt Lake City, there's a liberal newspaper, the Salt Lake City Tribune. They don't particularly like me, I don't think, out there. But anyway, long story short, they now have a political cartoon out. And on one side of the cartoon, it says, 70 years ago, and they've got a Ku Klux Klan member, you know, holding a, a torch, a fire, whatever they call it, uh, quote, pointing a finger, saying they're coming to your neighborhoods. And then they have, uh, let's see, last week, Burgess Owens, they're coming to your neighborhoods. This is beyond disgusting and despicable and, and even a new low for the left wing media mob to be doing this. Anyway, Burgess Owens, congressman, great state of Utah, 4th Congressional District is with us. Uh, Kathy uh, Barnett is with us, candidate for the U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania, who I've become very fond of and I'm very supportive of her efforts there. Thank you both for being with us. Uh, Well, Burgess, let me first get the reaction. This is personal for you. Frankly, I feel it's racist what they put in the paper. Your thoughts. Oh, yeah, yes, uh, Sean, no question. First of all, let's say hello to Kathy, my good friend. Um, no, this, <laughs> I grew up in the Deep South, and I remember around 16 years old uh, being able to define the difference in a Southern racist, racist, and a Northern racist. The Southern racists were in your face. Uh, at least I could respect the fact you knew what they were going to try to do. They're trying to hurt and harm and destroy you. The Northern racist was a different one. They're the ones that, that put your arm, their arms around you, uh, they, 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 they wrap themselves in white compassion, and the minute they can, they will stab you in the back. The, the racist Salt Lake Trib is nothing. It's a racist uh, attack. Uh, they would never do that to any other representative that came from the state of Utah. This, they are an outlier. And what they do, they, they double down and say, this is the way Utahns think. And I'm going to say this. Utahns, we embrace differences. We're the ones that ask immigrants to come to our states, but we plan it. And these guys, instead of thinking about what my conversation was, which is protecting these young kids coming through the border, 
and, and they're being used, abused, and sex trafficked, they turn to the race card. And that's what they, it's a natural thing for racists to do this. They did it, by the way, uh, they did it with uh, Mia Love before the first black uh, uh, woman congressman, congresswoman, and they did it also with Black Lives Matter were burning down black businesses and 25 black people killed last summer. They did it to the enforcement. They, 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 they termed them as KKK. So this, my friends, is what true racism looks like. Uh, they're divisive. They're cocky. Uh, and they want to divide us. And they hide their cowards and their bullies and hide behind newspapers that give them complicity. You know, it's just sad. And, you know, I've been, we've been friends a long time. And uh, you had a very tough race. You were able to pull it out. Uh, in Utah, we've been supporting you from day one and, and we're so glad that you're in Congress now and you've been doing a great job and a lot of people have taken note of all the great work you've been doing. Uh, Kathy Barnett, I know you saw this cartoon as well. What was your reaction? You know, my, my initial thought was, and let me just say thank you so much for having me on, Sean, and I love you, Burgess, um, and everything that you stand for. You know, Burgess, like me, we have the blood of slaves coursing through our veins. But it is nothing like these white progressive liberals. I call them the KK Karens on the left. They are the KK, the KKK, the KK Karens on the left. Um, and it, and these are perhaps some of the most racist people I have ever met in my life. They know everything, and they even know what it means to be black. All you have to do is ask them, and they have no problem telling black people what it means to be black. And now talk about progress, that even black people can be racist now to these white uh, progressives. And it truly is a shame, but what it is is just a distraction. Whether we're talking about what's going on with how Black Lives Matter and Antifa are being used as cludgeons against this country, or whether every time, you know, if they can't explain something or if they can't win a legitimate argument, they throw white progressives, throw out the word racist or racism just to try to shut you up. Now they're now they're so emboldened that they're using it against black people who have the blood of slaves coursing through their veins. That's how arrogant these people are. You know, it's a very dangerous place because they are just trying to distract us from the real issue of a border that is not secure. It's not rocket science of what will happen if you leave the border open or if you send um, uh, double messages to, to those who are truly in need. There's a reason why over a million people become legalized residents in this nation every year. And there's a reason why millions more try to sneak in through our poorest border. There's a reason, and we're exploiting that. But instead of talking about it, they will, have a, they will rather talk about a black man being a racist. Let me ask you both about the, this this incident involving Adam Toledo being shot by police officers, because it's so sad on so many levels. You know, many years ago, and I actually showed this last night on TV, when uh, Biden was vice president, the eight years of Biden-Obama, this was Obama's hometown of Chicago, I would scroll the names of all of the people that had been shot uh, in, the, in Obama's home city and all the people that were shot and murdered in Obama's home city, and nobody ever lifts a finger. Now you've got every politician weighing in on, on this one case, uh, and I, I wonder why the, the silence has been deafening up to this point, because you got thousands of people shot and murdered just in the eight years that they were in office, and they never lifted a finger. They never went to Chicago to yeah. say, this has got to stop. I think they, Obama mentioned it maybe twice, pretty much in passing. Never made it an urgent issue, which it should be. 
And so we all watched the video. We all now <laughs> saw that he had a gun as he had turned and he just flicked it away. Looks, It looks like to me. And then the gun was right next to the fence where he had come out from behind. And I'm listening to the comments of everybody. For example, um, Kathy, you have a, a Pennsylvania Senate candidate, Malcolm, I think it's Kenyatta. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was 12 or 13 the first time my mom gave me, quote, the talk. Adam Toledo was a child. His life was valuable and it was ruthlessly stolen. My heart is in pieces. Those who murdered him should be in jail. Now, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I don't view this as a murder. I view this <laughs> as a terrible, terrible tragedy, all too common in Chicago. And we don't hear about the weekly death toll and shooting toll, except for programs like this. Yeah, you know, when when I hear, you know, like the AOCs talk about a child, a child, I remember doing the summer of rage last year when um, a mom had her black son who was two years old in a stroller. And during this time with just people just acting all kinds of ways out there, Two young black boys uh, were just shooting their gun. Uh, they weren't necessarily aiming clearly or um, or with any type of precision. And one of the bullets went through the belly of that two-year-old boy. Even when I think about it now, it shakes me to my core. I am a mom. Um, and yet I, I, I remember AOC coming out at that exact moment talking about uh, uh, people are shooting because they're hungry. And yet said nothing about the two-year-old uh, little black boy who lost his life, who was sitting there with his mother in a stroller. I didn't hear any Democrat come out about uh, uh, the black police officer, uh, uh, retired chief of police officer David Dorn, who was shot in the face during the summer of rage by um, a young black boy once again. And all David Dorn was trying to do was convince them not to loot his friend's uh, pawn shop. I didn't hear anyone talking about that. And the countless other lives that are lost uh, at the hands of, uh, of, of someone other than a white police officer. You hear no one talking about those things. These yeah. people, they're just peddling fear and they're weaponizing a very sensitive topic that they know is going to give them what they want, and that is to shut the rest of America up and then get the other half to just lose their their loving mind and go out here and act crazy. Congressman Owens, you remember uh, the Chaz Chop Autonomous Summer of Love Spaghetti Potluck <laughs> Dinner Zone where they took over city blocks, including a police precinct. Uh, it turned yeah. out yeah. there was a 19-year-old, actually two young men that were killed, uh, and one an African-American by the name of Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr. And when I called his father, nobody had picked up the phone and even called this guy. Yeah. I mean, I I couldn't believe it. And then President Trump happened to be watching it that night and got in contact with my staff and said, can you please send me the number of this man who lost his 19 year old son in the in the summer of love zone? The mayor never picked up the phone up to that point to call the family. This is weeks later. I mean, it just is so sad. And all of these shootings take place. Nobody lifts a finger to solve the problem. Why? Well, Sean, this has been, and, and I want to close back. We're talking about racists, uh, and we, I've seen this the last six years, with these, uh, these, these uh, uh, white racists who, 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 who wrap themselves in this, the idea of compassion. They, turn, they do nothing but try to destroy the family unit. That young 13-year-old kid, 2 o'clock, where's the family? The family that I grew up, 
grew up in, in which we were taught to love God, country, family, respect for women and authority. Where is that family? The family that was out building businesses that was leading our country to grow up the middle class. Where are those families? The policies of these racist, white, and elitist blacks have done this. The racist people like the Salt Lake Trib, uh, uh, like, uh, Trib who put out this, the pedal this divisiveness, will continue to um, um, encourage r- robbing and looting and killing. And the minute we say, we say we're going to need to stop it, they call us the racists. So I want America I, to I, I think they, they, have you, they, have, got so they, they owe you an apology and a retraction. Yeah. Donald they Trump, owe you they're, an they're apology. They're very, cocky. They're very they're, these people are very, they, they know everything. Kathy mentioned before, these people know everything. Who and owns that newspaper out there? Do you know? I, I have no idea, but I know this. I've always thought this about these guys, and they just prove themselves. And I'm glad they're showing, they're showing the country what true white racism looks like. Elitist people who, who would, would tell me what, what kind of message just to give to black kids. That's another nice example. Is there, it's these, repulsive. These little, uh, it's uh, revolting yeah. what they did to you. It's awful. Well, we're, we're, the, the key is this is not who we are. And the good thing is that we're now going to the period where Americans across, across this country realizing I am not that. I'm tired of being called that. And if they can go to this far, this, this stretch, to call a black man or a black woman a KKK person, they have, as Kathy just mentioned, lost their ever-living mind, and, and we're finally seeing it. So that's, that's the good thing about these people. They don't know when to draw the line. And I'm just thankful for a state that, is so, uh, that brings in so many good people and have such a good heart. And I can say this. These people I've, are an outlier to our great. I've got I've got to run, but I hope you consider hiring an attorney and and suing them for libel, malicious libel. Uh, anyway, uh, Burgess Owens, Congressman, thank you. Kathy Barnett, Senate thank candidate, you. great state of Pennsylvania, thank you for being with us as well. We're following your campaign closely too. Quick break, right back. Five to the top of the hour. Glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this program. All right. As promised to our busy phones on this Friday, as we say hi to Vince, he's in the great state of New Jersey. What's up, Vince? How you doing in Jersey? Jersey. Good afternoon. It's uh, Vince. I'm in the suburbs of uh, Burton County, New Jersey. Yes, sir. So- Glad you called. By the way, your state is number 48th in terms of the basically one of the worst places in the country to live. You did. I don't know if you saw the whole list that came out this week. I'm stunned. I saw it yesterday. I mean, imagine my surprise to find out. that. (laughs) By the way, New York, they totally botched New York. They put New York in like the top 10. And I'm like, hell no. Uh, Unless maybe if you're living, you know, in upstate New York is beautiful. Long Island can be okay. It's a little overcrowded now for me, but. Uh, no, it's not exactly the one of the top ten. Not even close. Well, we, we should be right behind them then, not the top, not in 48. So if New York's in the top ten, we, we're very close. Well, there's a reason people are leaving New York and New Jersey, and one of the <laughs> biggest reasons is, you know, massive government overreach, ridiculously high taxation, misappropriation of funds, highest property taxes. I mean, it just is awful. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir there, sir. Tell me all about it. But uh, what, what I wanted to say to you is probably going to uh, – you may agree with some of it, but I'm sure many of your listeners will not. So, uh, as I said, I'm a 49-year-old black male. I live in a predominantly white neighborhood. Um, but I, I don't agree with this whole defund or banning the police movement. I mean, I, I've had some horrible experiences with police as a young male. And uh, even as an old, older adult, but I, I don't agree that we 
need to get rid of the police as a whole. I mean, if, if something's broken, you fix it. You were talking about houses earlier. I heard a commercial about uh, fixing your home. If your house is fixed, you, if your house is broken, you fix it. If your car is broken, you fix it. You don't just throw out the police department because it's fixed. And I, I get that some in our community, in the black community, feel like the police are like these wild pit bulls that we always read about that have killed people. But some of these dogs have been rehabilitated, right? So... I mean, it, it, it's it's a really tough, hard decision uh, in the in conversation, so I'm glad that somebody is having it, even, this, even though the people mostly affected by this uh, are not going to agree with either one of us. But look, I lived in a ghetto years ago. I wasn't born in a ghetto. I'm a good boy. My father served in the Army. I come from a quote-unquote normal, traditional two-parent household. So most of the people, uh, you know, in these so-called ghettos don't want to hear from or listen to people uh, like me uh, to begin with, no matter what age we are. But I lived in the ghetto for a while because what's a hard-head 17-year-old kid going to do when he gets his license? He's going to do the opposite of what mom and dad said not to go, not to do. So I wanted to see what all the fuss was about uh, living in the ghetto. So I hung out there for a while. And while I was there, a friend of mine got murdered. You know who solved that crime, Mr. Hanley? The police did. It wasn't community policing that found the, the murderers who, who killed my best friend on some gang initiation night riding around killing people in Camden. The police solved that murder. So as much as there's to be said for community policing, I mean, you know, you have you may have to rely on the local neighborhood snitch. Maybe he'll tell the quote-unquote OG. But who's, who's going to catch the child molesters? It's not going to be Chris Hansen. So who, who's going to catch these people? Who catches the serial killers? The cold cases that we're always seeing on TV from decades later – most people would give up if they don't get the results that they want in a few years. But you got detectives who are committed to finding some serial killer or some, for some unsolved case from 20, 30 years ago. Community policing, maybe they have that kind of passion if it's their loved ones and family members. But it's just it's a horrible idea to say just get rid of police in general. I mean, look, I used to hate cops years ago. I mean, you, I live in the suburbs now, as I've said many times. Most of the cops who are, who, I mean, I'm, I'm on a pretty, I have a pretty good rapport with, with some of them. Uh, they pull over and talk to me when I'm walking my dog. I mean, all, this was unheard of to me three decades ago, right? But the idea that we need, just need to get rid of the entire police force? No, you get rid of the bad apples. I'm anti-bad cop. I'm not anti all cops, but, and, but and the, the, the thing is, what you're what, what you're saying, and I agree with, in in the sense that, yeah, there's oh, I don't care what the profession is, name any profession, and you've got bad actors in every one of them. I talked mm-hmm. about the one percent FBI top echelon, and and you know, I re, I, I grew up, I revered the FBI growing up. I mean, that to me, to my family, was the ultimate success. That the the two sons of of my grandfather's brother, immigrants from Ireland, you know that they made it to the FBI. They were deity in my family. They were the, that was the top of the top. I that I I had a deep reverence for that, and I still do for the ninety nine percent. But what happened with the one percent that was corrupt and abused power? You know, we exposed it. It took us three years. We got to the bottom of it. Everything we reported ended up being proven true. And, you know, so you you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Now, policing is tough. We did learn lessons from Rudy Giuliani on how to make cities safer. And that was stop and frisk that worked in New York. Uh, He he purposely focused on this has nothing to do with race. Uh, The neighborhoods that had the highest 
crime statistics is where the cops focused most of their attention and most of their resources. And uh, and it worked. And at, as a result, the murder rate went from nearly 3,000 a year. To, you know, we ultimately got down to like 300. Now it's skyrocketing back up in New York because of this idiot mayor and dopey governor we have in New York. So it's you know, it's all a matter of leadership. Rudy Rudy took hell. I mean, he took on they called him every name in the book, but he was saving lives. And many of the lives he was saving were minorities in New York that had never gotten the protection they deserved. You know, I look at this. I, I look at these shootings in Chicago every weekend. Back when Obama was president, Biden was vice president. I'd scroll the names of of all the people that were shot in Chicago. Those that were shot and murdered in Chicago. Nobody seemed to pay any attention to it. Nobody wants to know everybody's name because they can't politicize it. Uh, We have 100 cops already this year that have been shot and killed in the line of duty. That's a lot of cops. It's a it's a horrible job. And now we're demonizing police and we sit back and, you know, the media and Democrats, they won't even call, you know, cops under fire with rocks and bricks and and frozen water bottles and Molotov cocktails um, you know, they, they won't even say it's it's a riot. And in, when it's obviously a riot or burning down the police precincts or taking over police precincts and commandeering them. That, please. Let, let me respond to that, please, because uh, there's a common refrain I hear from people who, you know, they back to blue. Oh, well, you know, it's basically it reminds me. I don't remember the guy's name, but it reminds me of that. Uh, uh, I think it was the British or American uh, military officer who was responding to the Indians who wrote him a letter complaining about how many casualties the Indians had suffered. And so this callous response is what you, basically what you're saying about Chicago. It reminds me. Of, it's the same thing as what I hear from people who are always saying, "You're not the first. You're not the only person." Oh, well, well what about Chicago? Well, what about Camden? Well, what about Philly? What about Newark? You guys were killing each other long before the cops started killing us. Before the cops started killing you. This is true. There is no denying that. There's no denying. No, no intelligent person is going to deny that Chicago is a violent dump. I would not want to live in Chicago if the rent was free. And if I could, if my dad was still alive and I could have him in my hey, army. Vince, let me, let, me end, let me end it this way. And I appreciate your call. I really do. And um, I just want to say, if we wanted to salvage Chicago, if we wanted to make Chicago a, a city that was safe and secure, where they had law and order, where kids, if we wanted to improve the schools in Chicago, we could do so. We know how to do it. They don't care. These are cities and states run by liberal Democrats for decades, and they don't lift a finger to help people. But I got to run. Good call, Vince. Appreciate it. You have a good weekend. Call back again. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Zach in the great state of Florida. What's up, Zach? How are you? Good evening, Sean. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I just wanted to share with you a few months ago, my wife and I were driving and a young African-American male stepped out in front of us in the middle of traffic. He was about 22 years old, I believe the officer told me. And long story short, we dialed 911 because we watched him walk in traffic with his headphones in. We tried to talk to him. He refused to talk to us. The city police got there. They refused to get out of their cars because the first thing he said was, if you want me, you're going to have to shoot me. The police, that was a third time that the city police had been out there. They were scared to get out of their cars because they didn't know what was going to happen. We That's what you're describing chair. is very real. This is common now. It never well, used to be this way. The sheriff's department, they sent a deputy out there. It took them a little while. 
but he finally talked a gentleman into coming over there and come to find out that gentleman had just lost his wife and kids in a car accident the day before. He felt there was no reason to live anymore. And he said, so my best option was to call the cops and or have somebody call the cops and they could come out here and shoot me because he kept shoving his hands in his waistband. And it just brought me to tears, Sean, because I don't understand the philosophy and I don't understand why people think that it's just that easy. So we called the chief of police and said, listen, those officers, something needs to happen because had the kid died, it would have been on their hands because they were afraid to do their job. And I understand the political climate, but if you can't do your job, then let somebody else step in the way and do it for you because their job is to protect and serve. The problem um, is, is they don't me. have there's a, there's a problem they have. They don't have the backing. You know, for example, every cop that I know in New York City, billion dollar police cut, this idiot dopey, dumb mayor we've got, Comrade de Blasio, um, he's not, he, we, we saw police officers being doused with water. We watched patrol cars get vandalized with the cops in them. You know, we've seen all these aggressive actions towards police. It happened last weekend also. He doesn't lift a finger to help them. So if I'm a cop, I'm thinking, I'm not going to put myself in a position where I know that if something goes wrong, uh, that I'm not going to have any support and I'm going to be thrown down the stairs by the mayor, even if I'm right and do everything right. And I'm telling you, cops, instead of turning when they would when they would one at one time turn left to turning right, they're avoiding the trouble and they're not get they're not uh, they're not getting involved. And that's why you see dramatic reductions in the number of police encounters, but you're seeing a dramatic increase in the murder rates in, in every big city across the country. I mean, it's a predictable outcome. Cops need to be supported. Now they want to take away city liability indemnification for cops, meaning that they'd have to, if they get sued, they can be held legally liable. They can't afford to hire attorneys on a cop salary. You can't. Trust me, I've, no I've, I've more attorneys in my life than I ever dreamed I'd have. You know, just so I can keep doing my job every day. And I'm just telling you, they <clears throat> they cannot afford it. They're being left hung out to dry. The reason I've spent so much time on TV and on this program this week talking about non-lethal options for cops is because they've got to have a plan B short of that firearm that they get trained in every every month or every two months. And it takes way too long, and I'm speaking as a student of martial arts, to really get up to the level that they would need to be at, although they should be training on a regular basis. So the next option is a non-lethal weapon that is effective. And I don't care which one they choose. I have my own personal favorite, which I've talked about. But they've got to decide for themselves. And they need they need some support from the people in the community, too. If you, Listen, if you're a cop and they're going to come out... And, you know, with buckets of water and they they feel there's no consequences if they dump it over your head. You don't know if it's water or battery acid for crying out loud. I just wish there were more marches and more Americans coming out and saying we support the police department because I feel that they desperately need it right now because there's nobody else who has their back. Absolutely nobody else in the upper echelon. Yeah. Anyway, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. All right, news roundup, information overload hour. Sean Hannity show on a Friday. 
800-941-SHAWN is our number. We'll get to a lot of your calls. Final uh, half hour of the program today. Now, you know, sometimes we're a little cynical on this program. We don't like being lied to. How many of you, Linda, you're, I don't know, I, Liam's probably too young to lie, right? I mean, well, maybe you're not. You're never too young to lie. <laughs> That's fake news. Kids are smart. Ethan well, always, always th- out, points out the kid on YouTube who has the blue icing all over his face. <laughs> and the mom says <laughs> yeah, to him, did you, exactly. eat, did you eat the cupcake? And he's like, absolutely not. Absolutely no. not. Absolutely you know, not. That never happened. Anyway, with that said, we get an awful lot of lying from elected officials. Um, let's play Joe Biden. This is 2020, not that long ago. He was asked which of these ideas he supported, expanding the size of the Supreme Court, setting term limits for justices, abolishing the legislative filibuster. Now, Joe answered. Listen. Speaking of those other candidates, several of them have proposed major structural reforms to our government and to our democracy. These include abolishing the Electoral College, uh, expanding the size of the Supreme Court, setting term limits for justices, abolishing the legislative filibuster. Which, if any of these, do you support? None. None. Okay. He lied because he supports them all. We welcome back to the program Senator Bill Haggerty. He's with the great state of Tennessee. You know, I'm, I, I talk to all of I talk to governors and senators from all over the country. I'm the biggest idiot in the entire country because I'm up here paying these high taxes in New York, which are about to get higher. And well, what, what's your state income tax down in Tennessee, Senator? Sean, it's going to pain you to hear this. Uh, it's oh, no, no I state income tax. What's that? No, there's no personal income tax. There's no personal in income tax. So say it. Hannity, you can say it, Senator. You have my full <laughs> permission to tell the truth. I am an idiot. What am I doing in the in the rotten weather when I could be on Music Row on a regular basis listening to the, my favorite country music? I am a dope. I'm an idiot. Why? I'm so well, stupid. We've got, the welcome, we've got the welcome carpet out for you here, Sean. You, you'd love it here. You need to visit more often. I look forward to, to being your host when you can come here next. You know, I do go down there quite a bit. I'm a big supporter. I don't know if you know Michael W. Smith's charity, Rocket Town. Yes. Yeah, so I've helped, I've been down there for a number of events, and I try to help Michael out as much as I can. Uh, he's a great guy. Music, there's nothing like Music Row. Am I, t- tell me if I'm wrong here. Isn't it the coolest place on earth? It's great. That's where I've kept my private office for years, Sean. Uh, it's just got a great vibe to it. It's, uh, it's the heart of the culture here in Tennessee, and we've got a great music culture that extends from Johnson City up in the northeast all the way through to Memphis. You know, the one suggestion I do have, and I've made this mistake in my life, I'm friends with John Rich. Don't yeah. ever go out on the town and party with John Rich because you're not going to come home in good shape. I can promise <laughs> you. And it doesn't matter. No, I'm only going to have one. I'm only going to have two. That's it. He's, he, I can't. I, this guy has these magical powers. The next thing you know, you're, you're, you're taking shots of redneck Riviera of, of whiskey, which I hate anyway. I'm not a big whiskey guy, and uh, but well, just, it's a great town. John has uh, been been right in the heart of trying to get our town reopened. You know, he's he's got a great presence down on Lower Broadway. Uh, the entertainment part of our city is is an exceptional asset, and it was shut down during the pandemic. And, and John has put and a lot of hard lied. work the, into getting it back the open. The Democratic mayor of Nashville, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he lie about uh, the numbers? Related to COVID? I think there have been a lot of accusations about trying to keep everybody masked up and shut down. 
that that seems to be a goal of a lot of the Democrat leaders, not only in our cities but in our states. And the result has been absolutely terrible from an economic perspective. It's been terrible from a psychological perspective too, Sean. And then you have the Democrats come back and reward those states that have shut down by creating a formula that gives them more stimulus money. If they happen to have made bad economic decisions, shut their state down and have higher unemployment than the rest. No, of it's it's unbelievable. And if you just be honest with us, and which kind of gets to the the question about Biden. By the way, I I would love John Rich to run for mayor in Nashville, but I mean, he probably would win. Um, let me ask you about the what you just heard Joe Biden say versus w- where he stands today, and then ask you as a follow up. I want to know: Do you think the Republicans? are going to stay united, all 50 of you, and not allow Chuck Schumer and company to to take to abuse their power and make the biggest power grab in the history of the country. Well, I, I think that the recording you played shows exactly what we got during this election. It was a huge bait and switch. You know, we were told repeatedly, repeatedly by the Biden campaign, he wants to respect our institutions, this, quote, return to normalcy. And then what do they turn around and do? Exactly what he said he would. They want to pack the Supreme Court. We warned about this. They want to go from nine justices to 13. They want to add four more justices. That would give them a seven to six majority activist versus constitutionalist on the bench. They want to do away with the filibuster. Biden said, of course, he wouldn't before that. But that's exactly what they're talking about doing now. They'll stop at nothing. And they want to do away with free and fair elections. Just look at their so-called H.R. 1, Senate 1 bill. Uh, it is an abomination. And, you know, they accused President Trump of, of coming to Washington and, and destroying our institutions. He did exactly the opposite. He didn't come to Washington to blow our institutions up. He came to return those institutions to the people. That's exactly what he tried to do. And then the Democrats come in, and they have no respect for institutions whatsoever, just as witnessed by what you just ran through. Let me ask you on some international issues. We have Biden's U.N. ambassador, a woman named Linda Thomas-Greenfield. I don't know how well you know her. Seen this week, you know, running down the U.S. as a, quote, white supremacist nation while addressing foreign diplomats. It's very reminiscent to me of the apology tour of Obama. It is, Sean, and I tell you, one of the greatest honors in my lifetime was to represent our nation overseas as the U.S. ambassador to Japan. Japan, as you know, third largest economy in the world after the United States and China. We have more U.S. military stations there than any place else in the world. It's a huge strategic relationship with us. It's a very tough neighborhood, as you know. You've got North Korea, Russia, and China right there. But it's also a very important economic relationship as well. And it was always my greatest honor to represent the greatest nation in the world. As you say, are we perfect? No. But we can fight to make a more perfect union. And we have a legislative branch, an executive branch, that should be working toward that every single day, and a judicial branch that we need to hold intact um, that will help continue to propel, again, the greatest nation in the world forward. And to have our United Nations ambassador speak in that manner, I think, is entirely inappropriate. It's, you know, and I will say this, is Barry Farber, the late, one of the great pioneers of talk radio, used to always say that there's never been a country in the history of mankind that has accumulated more power than the United States and abused it less. And I add, there's never been a, a country in the history of mankind that has accumulated more power, abused it less, and used it to advance the human condition than this country. I mean, the the... It's going to be American medical researchers and scientists ultimately that save the world, you know, from COVID. 
and the coronavirus and this worldwide pandemic that we've had. Uh, we're not courting our, our developments. We're sharing our developments, as we always do. That's the type of people we are. We're not perfect, but we are good people. Agreed. And I think President Trump set the example that all Americans appreciate by putting Operation Warp Speed in place, setting aside the bureaucratic barriers. Let's be the best we can be in America here. Let's find, let's innovate, let's create something that's going to solve a massive global problem. And he delivered. He's getting no credit for it now. In fact, other people are taking credit for it, as you well know. But it's going to be an impact felt around the world, dealing with a problem caused for the rest of the world by China. I mean, it is pretty unbelievable. Now, the New York Times and the media, the Democrats, the Intel Committee, et cetera, in the House, Adam Schiff, um, who was a congenital liar, but that's my own opinion. But you see that the, the mob and the media, they're trying to make up stories to, to use against Donald Trump. They did it during the campaign. And finally, now the Biden administration had to walk back uh, one of their, quote, big bombshell campaign season revelations last year that the Russian government had put bounties on the heads of U.S. troops in uh, Afghanistan. Now we're finding out, yeah, very low confidence in the story the team Biden and the media was pushing at the time. And that was a big deal. I remember that. Uh, those accusations were, were extremely inflammatory. They weren't supported by intelligence. You know if they were, Sean, that President Trump would have stepped up immediately to deal with it. The fact that he didn't underscores the fact, again, that he respects our institutions, unlike the Democrats. And uh, he certainly abided by the intelligence and the flow of intelligence in a way that meant we acted in a more responsible and appropriate manner than the rhetoric that was coming from the Democrats at the time. Yeah, I mean, and that was a big lie. Quick break, right back more with Senator Bill Haggerty of Tennessee and your calls. All right, as we continue with Tennessee Senator Bill Haggerty, let me ask you this. I'm a little worried about what's happening with the Russians in Ukraine. I'm worried about the territorial ambitions of China with Hong Kong, Taiwan, and you notice that they're building all these new islands out there in the Pacific, uh, which, uh, which is a little scary. And and the, that could become a huge destabilizing force, not just in the region, but a, a military launch area. I understand they're actually building certain areas just for military maneuverings. And uh, then you have the mullahs in Iran. Joe Biden has already said, oh, yeah, we're going back to the other deal, getting nothing in exchange for it as usual and pressuring South Korea to give them seven billion dollars. Why would we ever force another country to give the Iranian mullahs that chant death to America, death to Israel, seven billion dollars? Why would we do that? It's just an appeasement strategy, Sean. They want the headline. You know, it's amazing to me that John Kerry has now been sent over to China to negotiate with them on climate. Uh, he's the one that got us into the Iran deal. Uh, a terrible Wait a minute. deal by the, the, account. You've articulated it very well. Now he's, what was he talking about yesterday or, or the, the, earlier this week? We're going to talk about talking, about coming to the table. This is diplomatic doublespeak at its best. And what he's doing is, again, uh, I think evidence in his Iran deal. He's going over to deal with China and talk. Chinese don't appreciate talk. They appreciate strength, power, and action. They have been the ones that have not abided by this Paris Climate Accord. In fact, their emissions have gone up since they signed it. And here he is trying to, quote, talk with them about what they might do to come back in. Again, the same negotiating strategy that put us into the JCPOA with Iran. Uh, now we've got that person leading us in China. I am very concerned. 
And Russia, I share your concerns with that too, Sean. You know, as soon as the Biden administration stepped back, uh, the 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 earlier indication that they're going to send our naval forces uh, into the region of of, of Ukraine and and the ports there are now all being blocked by the Russians. They said they're going to keep them blocked for six months. That's putting a huge amount of stress, economic stress, on the Ukraine at a time when I think Russia is really uh, acting in a belligerent fashion. We should be supporting our allies, not backing away from them. Well, I think that's that's all true. And the worst part on all of this is the fact that now we're moving away from energy independence, which we've now developed for the first time in, what, 75 years, and, and now... You know, the Keystone XL pipeline has been canceled. High-paying career jobs have been lost in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, the basically nonchalantly, they're telling union members, union jobs, some of these guys were making 100, 150, 200 grand a year. Uh, yeah, well, we just want you to get another union job. Well, where's that other union job, Senator? Because I don't see it. I tell you, Sean, you've, you've hit the nail on the head in terms of the strategic implications of canceling the Keystone XL pipeline and halting, you know, n- new drilling leases on federal lands. They're removing one of the greatest accomplishments of the Trump administration, which was achieving energy independence. And we used to say we were not just exporting energy, we were exporting freedom. And to put us in a position where we weren't dependent on, on other nations that did not have our best interests at heart was exactly where we needed to be from a national security standpoint. Our economic security and our national security are completely aligned. The Biden administration is weakening us there. And what happens with that oil from Canada? Now that it's not going to go through the Keystone XO pipeline, it's going to be sent to China. They're going to get discounted oil, be put in a better competitive position, just as we're raising the cost of energy here in America. And when he talks about all those jobs, I think there were 11,000 jobs that are lost with the Keystone XO pipeline construction. Those jobs are going to go to green industry. Let me tell you, Sean, the solar turbines and the, I'm sorry, the solar panels and the wind turbines, they're made in China. That's where oh, the jobs great. are going to be increased. Yeah. Oh, great. That's, that's great news. You're full of great news, Senator. Um, anyway, uh, I hope you have a great weekend. Is Music Row now finally back open or no? It, it's, it's, it's pretty much back open now, Sean. We've got great weather here. Uh, it's a good time. Uh, you know, cherry blossoms are blooming there in Washington. You've got Prime Minister Suga from Japan meeting with uh, President Biden today. That's an important relationship. I think it underscores the importance, the fact that it's the first face-to-face meeting that Biden has had with a foreign leader is with Japan, again, given the strategic importance of that relationship in a tough neighborhood, as we discussed. Um, there are reasons to be optimistic, because I think that relationship is going to continue to flourish and strengthen. But we've got to be open-eyed, and you do a great job of informing all your listeners and viewers uh, of the concerns and the challenges that we face. And I, I'm honored to represent well, Tennessee to fight those challenges. I'm glad you're in the fight. We need you. Marsha Blackburn, also your colleague, has uh, done a great job from tennis for the for the people of Tennessee. Uh, as Kenny Chesney says, I'm a Tennessean, right? So anyway, appreciate you being with us. Uh, thank you, Senator. You. 25 till the top of the hour on this Friday, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. So I've been making it pretty clear now that New York is about to, you know, raise taxes uh, to 15 percent on income, state and and city taxes in New York, 15 percent. I mean, Tennessee has no income tax. We talked to Senator Haggerty, no income tax in Florida, no income tax in Texas. Other states, the Carolinas, they have state income taxes, but a very, very low marginal rate, especially compared to cities like New York or states like New York or states like California.
And I'm just sick of it. And I've had it. And the li- and then on top of it, they cut the police in New York City by a billion dollars. You want you want to walk through the streets of New York today? Good luck. You see how they treat the cops now? People in New York harassing cops. They can't even get out of their cars safely. It's so despicable. Anyway, so uh, I brought up the idea. It just came flying out of me one day in the middle of the show that we really need to do the song New York, New York. Redo it and say and start spreading the news. You know, I'm getting the hell out of here today. And uh, anyway, Linda called our friend Joe Pags, who's uh, a syndicated host in his own right. Good friend of the program for many, many years. And anyway, so I and I had no idea Joe Pags could sing. So I said, OK, and then Krista from New York, a caller, she said, well, I. I want to give you my version. And so they now have produced their own versions of New York, New York. And we're going to have a sing off and you can vote on Hannity.com. Which one you like better? We'll start with Joe Pags's. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today Don't want to be a part of it New York, New York Cuomo's abuse COVID's here to stay Right through the very heart of it New York, New York Don't want to wake up In a city run by that creep I'll soon go over the hill Leave this trash heap De Blasio blows Upwards that crime goes Bad guys run every part of it Like old New York I'll get right out of there Take my family Anywhere in my rear view New York, New York All right, that's the Joe Pags version. Now, Krista kind of cheated a little bit. Now, um, but but I got to give her an A for effort. Uh, she got someone else to sing it because she's scared to death to sing. Uh, but she wrote the lyrics herself, and here's her version. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I don't want any part of it Cuomo's New York Oh, the lock-me-down blues You can't make me stay 
Nomo is at the very heart of it. No more New York. I want to wake up in a village right on the beach and put my toes in the sand. My freedoms I'll keep. These high taxes blues, De Blasio too. I'm gonna leave all these socialists in this crazy New York. It's all gone and hit the fan there. It's time to get out and breathe some fresh air. Goodbye to you, New York. All right, and we welcome uh, our buddy Joe Pags and Krista. I don't know if you want me to give out your last name, Krista. It's just fine either way. Uh, now, the this first thing we've got to say, Krista, you were supposed to sing your own song. Okay. I, okay. No, no, no. That was the deal. I mean, I may have to disqualify no. you. <laughs> no, no, no. Here, I never said, Linda, I want to re-sing that song. I said, Linda, I want to rewrite that song. But what you don't know is yeah. that I have written... Over 40 songs, and I have a male co-writer. I did the lyrics, <laughs> I did the melody. Of course, the melody was done. Oh, man. Hey, Sean, I'm crying foul. This is unfair. I'm crying foul. Oh, oh man. We got under protest now. Okay. I, I got to leave it up to Pags because the way we left it, Krista, was you were going to sing it. If I were, oh, if my I memory, I think that. my memory is better than Joe Biden's. So put it that way. That was my oh, recollection. Listen, I remember what you said, Sean. Krista said, I've got a guy in the studio, and I thought he was going to record her singing the song. Right. She's that's what a, I thought. She's got a, a, Frank, a Frank Sinatra impersonator. How yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you with know, that I, said, I, Joe, I, you, you, I mean, you know, Slouch, I'll, I'm going to be very honest because we're going to put both versions up on Hannity.com, and we'll let the audience decide which version they like better. Um, but if I have to vote on just the song, the the lyrics, the singing, I can't pick a winner. I just, they're both great. Wow. Wow. I I, I I think the guy did a great job. I think Krista cheated. I think that without a doubt, you should still be banned from the show. No, Joe, you re-recorded yours because I heard yours last week. And yours did not sound like no, that. I didn't re-record it. No, when I, when I knew that you, you weren't going to be singing it, I said, I better raise my game here. Because you, you, you only had to do half the work. I had to do both parts. I had to write it and sing it. That's not fair. I'm sorry about that. But, I mean, is this what you, is this what you do? Is this your first time around? Because it's not mine. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a talk show host. I'm not a singer. I mean, I, I'm glad that it got aired. Okay. I think, listen, hey, hey between us, don't, don't, don't tell Sean. Hey, Krista, don't tell Sean. But I think what you wrote was masterful. I thought it was great. But it's unfair that you We're didn't totally sing it. I think this, Sean, she should sing it live right now on your show. What do you think? I think actually that would be. I think you should sing a little bit of it yourself, and let's just hear. No, no, Why are you no, no, so afraid no, 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 no. to sing? What? All right, now how about this? Linda is a singer. Linda has the lyrics in front of her. How about we give Linda a chance to sing part of your song and and see if we like that. it? I'm sorry. Who told you I had the lyrics in front of me? You, I know darn this well. This sounds you have like the fake news to me. You. Stop. Okay, you have the lyrics right there in front of you. All you have to do is read them and sing them. 
Tell me when you're ready. So I was in the middle of producing your show, but I guess I'll look up these lyrics, Krista. Uh, let's see. Let's Krista see. put us all in this pickle. Krista. Let me make this clear to everybody. Krista put us in this position. Thank you, Krista. <laughs> I got oh, man, oh man, this is this is like a cold war that's broken out over a song. All right, Linda, do you want to give it a shot? Start spreading the no, news. No, 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 no. We need the music behind you. We gotta. If you're gonna do it, I don't even do need right. the music. Now, That's how comes, professional I am. The music's there. All right, ready? No, you. This is the thing about you, Sean. That actually wasn't the cue. The cue's coming up, right, Joe? Right. That's why I'm being yeah. shush. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I don't want any part of it. Cuomo's New York. Suck it, Cuomo. These <laughs> lock me down blues. So good. You can't make me stay. Cuomo, you are the heart of it. No more New York. All right, is that enough? Or what are One we doing? More. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. All right, all right. So, um, so I got a, I got a dilemma here. I don't know what to do. I, I think. Very... Here's the thing. You know what, Joe? I like yours. I, I do. Think. But he, and I didn't get to say this. Okay. So I have a guy that I've been writing with for since 2007. Okay. Because I don't sing. I'm, I'm a word master. I'm, I'm not a vocalist. I'm smart enough to know what I'm dumb at, and singing is at the top of that list, right? So I've been writing with this guy, and I called him, and I said, hey, we got to do this song. And he said, all of my equipment is packed up because he's moving. He's moving out of Georgia. Ha, yay, right? So he said, I'm moving out. All my stuff's packed up. He said, but I'll give you my guy that I play with sometimes. So I said, okay, great. I've still never met the guy. He's brilliant. But let me tell you something strange. I talked to him yesterday. His father came to him a week ago and said, you know what? We need to rewrite New York, New York. This is before your show, Hannity. And he said, would you mind singing it for me? He's like, no, no problem. And I think his version is better than mine and Joe's. Totally. I, I, I heard his version, too, which was pretty good. But let me, let me say this. I'm going to defend myself. And, again, your song was great. Linda, wow, that was amazing. I got to tell you, I'm a That's talk really show lovely. host. I'm one guy. It sounds, it sounds like Krista had 32 people involved in this, Sean. I cry foul. I think it's unfair, and and, and I'm uh-uh. going to throw the flag. Oh man, this no, is. And I want to hear. And I want to hear Krista. I want to hear Krista host a talk show one day. Then it'll be an even comparison. Oh, I used to host a talk show. I used to have two talk shows, one on AM radio, and then one I was on a morning show, uh, Bob and Todd, and I'm I did that for years. Talking a lot of smacks, John. Talking a lot of smack this Krista. I, I'm just, oh I'm just man, you like it is. This is so serious stuff. I will t- tell you what it. I'm gonna have to put it in the hands of the audience. I can't. Okay. I can't make a decision, which is very rare for me. I make my decisions very quickly. Uh, as anybody that knows me knows, I just decide. Boom. That's it. Done. Do it. Let's go. So this is what we're gonna do. We we are we are going to we are going to take. This is Judge Wapner here. Okay, we're going to take note of. Joe Pags under protest motion. We'll take it under consideration and we're going to put both versions on Hannity.com and let the people decide knowing what the, what, uh, what was unfolding all week. And then they will pick a winner 
and I'll come up with some, you know, booby trap prize for, for the winner. But we'll put it up right after the program today, Hannity.com. The, we'll call it the Great New York, New York Sing-Off. And uh, anyway, we, we wish you both a lot of luck. Joe Paggs is pissed. I've never heard you pissed this bad. <laughs> Come on. I'm not, it's they're all ruining good, it's all our game. You know, look, uh, I think they're both phenomenal. It just makes me laugh because this place sucks. I mean, it's, it's gotten so bad, it's ridiculous. I quite frankly think that they should both win just for writing songs that talk about how much Cuomo All right, sucks. stop with the everybody gets a trophy crap. No, there's First a winner all, and a loser. it's not everybody gets a trophy. Everybody has a different skill set here. Chris, there's no, a writer, I said a I'm having a hard time voting myself. I'm going to have to spend some serious, significant time. You're not voting. You, you're the judge. But you're you out of it. No, I'm not the judge. The pe- I'm letting the people be the judge. That's why we're putting a poll up on Hannity.com. Yeah, I'm putting the, the poll up on Hannity.com. Yeah, I don't even have access to Hannity.com. <laughs> I, have access, I don't have access to at Sean Hannity on Twitter. I don't have access to Facebook. I don't have access to Instagram. And I don't have an email account. I don't have any of it. All right, but putting all that aside, you both did a great job. Uh, thank you for uh, being good sports. And Monday, we will announce the winner and whatever prize I decide to come up with, okay? Hey, brother, listen, thanks for for inviting us to do it. It's a lot of fun. I really appreciate doing it, man. All right. It was a ton of fun, but Joe changed his lyrics when he re-recorded it because I... Oh, man. This is... Now, you you want to put a protest in also? I, I'm just saying. I never said that I would sing it. I said I want to write it, which I did. All right. There it is. We'll let the people decide. Hannity.com. Joe Pags, thank you. And uh, we really appreciate it, Krista. Thank you for being a part of it. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Full, complete coverage. Minnesota, all the craziness, Chicago, around the country, whatever's going on, we will have full coverage of all of that. Also, Burgess Owens, who we had on earlier today, he will join us. Rick Rennell joins us. Leo 2.0 Terrell will join us. And uh, we'll also be uh, getting into the other issues of the day, including the Democrats' power grab, this racist cartoon by the Salt Lake City uh, Tribune, as far as I'm concerned, what they did to Burgess. They, they owe him an apology. Anyway, 9 Eastern tonight. We'll see you then. Thank you for being with us. Uh, have a great weekend back here on Monday. Thanks for making the show possible. 